you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. If your friend tells you that she needs help parenting her child, what is she asking? Most likely, she wants you to give her some advice about how to discipline, teach, and train her child. But if by chance she was choosing to use the word parenting literally, she could actually be asking for help giving birth to a child. After all, the etymology of the word parent is rooted in the Latin word, which means to bring forth, to give birth to, and to produce. So by definition, you can parent a child in the sense of giving birth to a child, but never actually parent the same child. That is, disciplining, teaching, and training sense. Hopefully, this definitional distinction doesn't apply to your life or in your relationship with your child. In normal circumstances, the blessing of giving birth to a child also demands the ongoing responsibility to parent that child. This includes a child that you've adopted as you commit to parent a child you didn't actually parent in the first place. As Christians, we are certainly to embrace the lifelong commitment of being parents, which is far more than simply by the hand of God bringing forth a child into this world. As a mom or dad, your calling is to train and discipline each and every child God has given you. Well, how does this truth relate to grandparents? That's another pretty interesting term. Grandparent literally means large parent. So a grandparent, etymologically speaking, is the large person who gave birth to the person who gave birth to you. Now, thankfully, I'm sure your children don't think of their grandparents in this way, whether you are a fairly sizable person or not. Obviously, this distinction is simply a way of recognizing the relationship between you as a grandparent, your child as a parent, and your grandchildren. From there, we add the term great to the label grandparent in order to designate the next generation, and so on. What is consistent among all these useful terms is that we call them all parents. Does that mean we are just supposed to think of grandparents as those human beings who gave us our parents? Or should we confer the work of training, teaching, and disciplining our children to grandparents as well? Maybe you see your children as the only ones responsible and able to parent their own children. On the other end of the spectrum, you may be someone who embraces the view that it takes a village to raise your grandchildren. Whatever the case, let us use this last episode of Season 8 to dig down deep into the topic of grandparenting. So our first and foundational question is this. Are there biblical principles that help us in this matter, or is it just our own responsibility to choose how grandparents parent grandchildren? We'll begin in the book of Proverbs where we read this declaration. Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. 
Proverbs 17, 6. In context, the crown spoken of here is not one of authority, but one of glory. A victory crown given is a great reward. With the birth of a grandchild comes the satisfaction that the Lord God has blessed a family with another generation. And by God's grace, a new godly and righteous one. This crown of glory and victory is intended to bring the grandparent great joy, but not without a corresponding responsibility as described in Deuteronomy 4 verse 9. Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. What are grandparents to make known to their children? According to Moses, all the mighty acts of God that their eyes have seen. Then when blessed with grandchildren, grandparents have the duty to give testimony to who God is and all that he has done for them in Jesus Christ. God's word also speaks of generational promises and curses that occur when grandparents have grandchildren. As far as blessings go, Psalm 103 verse 17 asserts, But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. The continuation of a legacy of faith in Christ is connected to the fear of God which is passed on, grandparents instructing their grandchildren to worship and obey God. On the other hand, there are generational curses to avoid, as found in Exodus 34, verse 7b. But who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation? Throughout the Old Testament narrative, story after story, we read examples of the impact of grandparents on parents and then on grandchildren, for better or for worse. Grandchildren need grandparents who will be an example of righteousness to them. We are given a significant example of the importance of grandparents in the lives of their grandchildren in 2 Timothy chapter 1. The Apostle Paul, writing to his spiritual son Timothy, says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. How exactly did the faith of a grandmother transfer to a daughter and then to a grandson? By genetics? Certainly not. Paul is referencing the fact that Timothy had the godly influence of not only a Christian mother, but also a Christian grandmother. Now, while we're not given a lot of information in Scripture, it is proper to assume that Grandma Lois had a great influence on young Timothy's child-rearing and ultimately coming to faith. Having the opportunity of generation after generation teaching, training, and disciplining within the context of a faith in Jesus Christ is an incredibly gracious blessing. So, generally speaking, God's Word is pretty quiet about the role of grandparents in the vital work of training and disciplining their grandchildren. Unfortunately, we're also not treated to many examples of grandparents acting as righteous parents of their grandchildren. Yet, throughout Scripture, there is an overall theme of the responsibility of one generation to pass on the good news of Jesus Christ, not just to their children, but to succeeding generations as well. 
Grandchildren are not just a blessing because they are sweet or cute or smart or highly gifted. They are a reward because of the great hope of another generation serving the Lord and continuing the growth of the kingdom of God. So as much as you can and should enjoy your grandchildren, as Christians, you can be very instrumental in your adult child's overall parenting effort. Which leads us to the next question. Will you and your adult children agree on how to parent the next generation? Or, to put it another way, what do your adult children expect of you as a grandparent? Here are several expectations that can occur. First, let us parents do all the parenting. Children need just two parents, right? After all, that is God's design. Mom, dad, and baby make three. It's so much easier and cleaner for children to just hear instruction and receive discipline from the two parents who know and love them best. When grandparents get involved, then it just gets messier since most likely you will not parent in the same way they want your grandchildren to be parented. So what does this approach expect of you as a grandparent? Simply put, you get to be the fun grandparent. When you're with the grandchildren, you can just enjoy them, give them a good time, and even, dare we say, spoil them a bit. With this expectation, there's no pressure on you to be parents at all, just benevolent, loving caregivers. In this view, it is understood that children can and will take advantage of the goodness of grandparents and will have to be re-educated when back to parental care. Parents take on the entire burden of parenting in this view, avoiding any conflict between different parenting approaches, methods, and expectations. And then there's expectation number two. Don't question our parenting. Now, whether or not your children desire to do all the parenting of your grandchildren, they may also expect never to be challenged by you. This expectation may come from either a heart of pride or a heart of insecurity. Whatever the case, the way they choose to raise their children is their business in their mind. If you question what they're doing or not doing, it is just unhelpful interference. It doesn't do anyone any good to be a backseat driver. So even if you're witnessing things that are troubling, your responsibility is to keep it to yourself. Your adult children may express this expectation of you clearly or simply by their overall parenting posture. It may be that your adult children don't mind you parenting your grandchildren, but they certainly don't want you parenting them. You can have your own opinions, but you shouldn't offer them unless requested. Or this expectation may be built on the first one, that grandparents should simply be fun people who have long ago retired from the parenting business. Then there's expectation number three. Let's be a team. Your adult children may really want to partner with you in order to properly raise their children. They have adopted the it takes a village approach or the more the merrier view of parenting. Your grandchildren need all the help they can get, and so do your adult children. So they expect you to keep the fun to a minimum, setting good rules, policies, and procedures for your grandchildren. They may even want you to administer appropriate discipline in order to train your grandchildren well. Typically, this expectation will be based on the trust and respect they have for you and your parenting ability. 
On the other hand, they may be desperate and just need the assistance. Whatever the reason, they are willing to work together to ensure that your grandchildren are raised properly by whatever adults are involved. This also means that you will have heightened expectations to shoulder, being held somewhat responsible for the rules and methods of discipline you administer and enforce. Then here's another expectation. Parent just like we parent. This next expectation takes teamwork to the next level, looking for total parenting agreement. After all, the best case scenario for children is consistency among all the adults in their life. Now, this doesn't mean that your adult children want you to be true partners in their parenting. They simply want you to administer the same sort of rules, instruction, and discipline whenever you keep your grandchildren. In other words, they still know what's best for their children, so they just want you to abide by their parenting principles and decrees. Any deviation from their policies and procedures will not be tolerated. This expectation often includes the requirement for grandparents to adhere to time schedules, eating habits, and permitted or restricted activities. Ultimately, they just want you to continue what they have started. And then one final expectation, you be the better parents. It just may be that your adult children actually want to be the fun parents, avoiding all difficult and messy parts of parenting. They have few rules and low expectations for your grandchildren with little desire to discipline them. Yet, as Christian parents, they still know deep down that their children need godly training. Thankfully, the grandparents can do a much better job at parenting than they can. So why not leave it to you? If you will be the better parents, then they are freed up to just enjoy their children. Now, this unique expectation may come more into play when you as grandparents have the lion's share of the child care responsibilities, as discussed in the last podcast. Yet, there just may be the recognition that you are just so much more responsible than they are when it comes to enforcing rules and setting godly standards of behavior. Now, you may have already agreed to live by your adult children's expectations of grandparenting, respecting the fact that they are the parents. This may allow everything to run smoothly, even if the situation is not really good for the children. Yet it is also possible that you will not live up to their expectations, which is sure to produce some level of conflict. We'll discuss those in a bit. A clear expression of their expectations for grandparenting, followed by hearing what you expect, is the first step. Hopefully all parties will adhere to a biblical standard with a desire to do what is best for the grandchildren. Next, we need to talk about when parenting worlds collide. Let's think through some scenarios that will need to be handled well in order to continue a godly relationship with your adult children and grandchildren. First scenario, in their home. What happens when you go to your adult children's home entering their turf? Common sense says that you should always defer to your adult children as the primary parents, right? But consider some of the following situations. You are alone with the grandchildren in the living room while your adult children are in the kitchen. The grandkids are getting a bit rowdy, jumping on the furniture. Are you allowed to correct this behavior? 
or are you supposed to just point it out to your adult children for them to handle? Then you are all sitting around the table and a fight breaks out between two of your grandchildren. You see at first thinking your adult children are slow to act. Would they want you to speak up and even enact some form of punishment? Or are you supposed to just sit back and enjoy your pizza? What happens when your grandchildren have their faces and screens constantly ignoring you when you are over? Are you encouraged to discipline that behavior or just leave it to your adult children? When parenting worlds collide in your adult children's home, you will most likely expect them to handle things. In the best case scenario, they would also give you the freedom to parent your grandchildren if they are unavailable, occupied, or have simply missed the bad behavior. Hopefully, they understand it's a lot to ask of grandparents to observe disobedience or other misbehavior and not attempt some sort of instruction or discipline. Yet, you may also be quick to critique their parenting or subtly show your displeasure of their parenting. If your adult children rigidly hold on to the belief that they only should be parents to their children in their home, then visits may become tense when grandchildren misbehave and even worse. On the other hand, it will also be a challenge if you are constantly intervening or even stepping all over their parenting efforts. They are ultimately responsible to train and discipline your grandchildren, especially in their home. In the end, your time in your child's home is always an opportunity to observe how your adult children teach and train your grandchildren and help as needed. And then there's scenario number two, in your home. So let's reverse the situation. Your adult children are in your home for Sunday dinner. Your grandchildren are again misbehaving, requiring discipline. Since it is your home turf, do your children expect you to set the rules and correct the behavior? Well, this could certainly be the case if they aren't present. But your adult children are there, on duty and still responsible to be parents. So if your grandchildren are jumping on your furniture like monkeys, will you corral them and issue threats and punishment? If they are rude to each other or to you or to their parents, will you discipline them? How will you respond if you become frustrated or exasperated with how your adult children are parenting? After all, it should be expected that you will want Sunday dinner in your home to go a certain way. And if you have the desire to see your grandchildren grow in maturity and obedience, then you'll be tempted to speak up and even discipline your grandchildren yourself. Hopefully, your adult children do not have great fear and trepidation when they are in your home with their children. But they may actually see your glaring eyes upon them and your grandchildren at times. While it is understandable to want right behavior in your home, you have a responsibility to be kind and gracious towards your children in their parenting. Hopefully, you don't expect some level of perfection from your grandchildren in your home. Or you might be on the other end of the spectrum and actually be totally relaxed, even laughing off bad behavior. Wherever you fall, you should desire for your grandchildren to obey your rules as well as their parents' rules. Time in your home should always be a teaching and training time, not just a fun and enjoyable time. Talking with your adult children about expected behavior beforehand would also be helpful. Don't just assume that you're all on the same page of what behavior is allowed in your home. And then there's scenario number three, 
on neutral ground. You have invited your adult children and your 10 grandchildren to a beach resort for a nice week-long summer vacation. What a great opportunity to make some memories. But along with figuring out the financial expectations, there will also be parenting questions. On a neutral turf, who's in charge? Again, your adult children are the parents, even on vacation. They still set the rules and lead in administering the training and discipline. Yet it is important to prepare for the reality that parenting worlds may collide more on vacation or at family gatherings on neutral ground. Neither you or your adult children can claim parenting rights based on being on personal property. Good communication will be the key to manage the unique discipline policies that occur in situations like family trips or vacations. Even things seemingly as benign as expected bedtimes and how mealtimes are handled can cause parenting conflicts that will need to be resolved. Now, as you hear these scenarios, it may have become apparent to you that in whatever venue you interact with your adult children, they are still the primary parents. So maybe I could have saved some precious podcast minutes and just stated that principle at the outset. But it's still a helpful exercise to actually think through and talk through what parenting and grandparenting looks like at home and away. If your adult children desire you to actually be useful parents to your grandchildren, then good foundational principles must be set. Preferably, you have these important parenting discussions with your adult children when your grandchildren are young. But even if you're trying to respond to hard situations as your grandchildren are older, it's not too late. If and when your parenting worlds collide with your adult children, you can work towards solutions that are in the best interest of the grandchildren, the objects of the much-needed parenting. Okay, as now our usual practice, it's time for more challenging situations. Let's assume for these scenarios that your children want you to be involved in your grandchildren's discipline and training. So here's challenging situation number one. Grandparents who say they will, but don't. Dave and Aaron have a four-year-old son named Freddie. Aaron's parents live nearby, so Sunday dinner is usually at their house. At mealtime, Freddie usually finishes half his meal, then starts asking for dessert. Dave and Aaron have a rule that says no dessert until they see a happy plate. Aaron's mom gives lip service to supporting this dinner policy, but every so often says that it'll be okay to have dessert without finishing the meal. Dave and Aaron have come to realize why Freddie only bucks their system at Grandma's house. Aaron's mom and dad also try to enforce other rules like no running in the house, no touching everything, saying yes ma'am and no sir, but they are pretty feeble attempts. Aaron's parents live under the philosophy of agree to your children's parenting rules, but do what you want. This seems especially true when Dave, Aaron, and their only grandchildren are in Aaron's parents' home. Few things in relationships are more frustrating than when people say they totally support you, but their behavior communicates something else. Clearly, Aaron's parents don't agree with elements of Dave and Aaron's parenting system. Why won't they just be honest and confess to their disagreement? 
While that may make things easier, it often doesn't happen for a variety of reasons. The more important question is, what would you do if you were these grandparents? First of all, it's dishonest and patronizing to tell your children you will follow their parenting paradigm, but then do things your own way. So you must tell the truth and share what you are opposed to and why. Then you need to also consider respecting their desires and working with them in good faith. If they don't move in your direction, the principle of Christian meekness demands that you move in their direction. If it is only your pride keeping you from following their rules, then a good dose of humility is in order. Then there's scenario number two, grandparents who just want to spoil grandchildren. Greg and Harriet have four children under the age of 10, two girls and two boys. They have been working hard to keep their kids from being typical American materialistic children. Few gifts are bought at birthdays and Christmas as well as throughout the year. Harriet's parents seem to work overtime to counteract this strident parenting philosophy. They not only give many and elaborate gifts to all their grandchildren on special occasions, they will buy pretty much whatever the grandchildren ask for whenever they are with them. In their minds, this is not spoiling behavior, but simply grandparent love and affection. Besides, they have plenty of financial resources that they love to share with children and grandchildren alike. Harriet's parents understand this goes against Greg and Harriet's wishes, but they just can't help themselves. Seeing their grandchildren's smiling faces is the greatest joy of their lives. So what are your options if you are like Harriet's parents? Keep on giving gifts to your grandchildren even though you know how much it upsets your adult children? Sure, you can continue to explain to them how important it is to show your grandchildren love in this way, but is it worth the cost to your relationship? If it is your adult child's high value to develop children who are not materialistic and can enjoy life in a minimalistic way, why wouldn't you want to support this noble goal? Your best option then is to acquiesce to your children's wishes on gift giving. Another option is negotiating a median way. Maybe they would accept a certain level of gift giving if they know you are supportive of their efforts there is a good chance they would honor your desire for the opportunity to give good things to your grandchildren. In the end, you will have to find other ways to demonstrate how much you love your grandchildren. It doesn't always have to be in the giving of material things. And then here's challenging scenario number three, grandparents with different discipline principles. Isabel and Jerry have two teenage girls aged 14 and 16. They have steadfastly avoided being considered strict parents, believing that too much law will only bring about rebellion. Annie and Abby, their two girls, have been allowed to call their parents by their first names, making most of their own decisions from a very young age, and have very few restrictions as teens. Jerry's parents love their grandchildren, but are regularly dismayed by the freedoms they have been given by their parents. Whenever the grandparents are around, they insist the girls call their parents by mom and dad, not first names. They also talk regularly to Isabel and Jerry about needing to have more rules and firmer boundaries. Their advice is pretty much ignored. 
when Annie went through a stretch of very risky behavior, the grandparents were very verbal about how Isabel and Jerry should handle her. Again, their counsel was rejected. Isabel and Jerry have come to the conclusion that Jerry's parents are just old school and their children would be even worse if they adopted their parenting style. Unfortunately, it's often tempting for the younger generation to dismiss the older generation's view on many things, mostly parenting. You may be of the mindset that children should be seen but not heard or should at least be respectful of all authority. You may also believe that strict discipline has the best chance to prevent teenage rebellion. So if you have found yourself with a major variance in your discipline philosophy, have you spent time discussing it with your adult children? If you have done that and have been rejected like Jerry's parents have, then you are in a challenging situation, especially if your children are not parenting with biblical principles. Keep praying for your children and your grandchildren. Lovingly persist in offering counsel to your children using wisdom for the right times and situations. While it may be heartbreaking to watch your adult children making parenting mistakes, it is ultimately their responsibility before the Lord. Take great care not to fall into sinful anxiety or into controlling behavior that will not please God or help the relationship. And then there's scenario number four, grandparents who speak against your rules. Kimberly and Larry don't think of themselves as being very strict, but they do expect their children to follow their rules. Their three boys must ask before they get food out of the pantry or refrigerator, having regular bedtimes and wake time requirements, and have limited technology time. Kimberly's parents believe that these and other rules are way too restricting. Boys should be allowed to be boys, and freedom is the most important parenting principle. But instead of simply talking to Kimberly and Larry about it, the grandparents speak regularly to the grandchildren, and it's rarely a positive conversation. You know, it's important to obey your parents' rules, no matter how unreasonable they are. If you ever believe the rules are unfair, don't be afraid to talk to us about it. Kimberly and Larry have even caught her parents rolling their eyes when they attempt to enforce one of their rules. They are convinced the grandparents are coming between them and their children. Now, if you find yourself in this very difficult scenario, do you recognize as a grandparent that you are potentially coming between your children and your grandchildren? How does that benefit anyone? Or more importantly, glorify God? Maybe it's important to you to be the cool grandparent that your grandchildren will look up to and admire. Or maybe you really think your children are somehow ruining your grandchildren with all their rules. It is extremely manipulative to take the side of your grandchildren against their parents, undermining their authority. So it's essential that you examine your own motives and change course. Even if the rules and regulations are offensive to you, your adult children are free to set them as they see fit. What you don't want is your adult children having to make the tough decision to limit your time with your grandchildren. Here are some better words of instruction to your grandchildren. God requires you to obey your parents even if it is a difficult thing to do. If you believe a rule to be unfair, pray about it and respectfully petition your parents about it. This is the sort of grandparenting support your adult children need. 
Scenario number five, grandparents who differ theologically. Max and Naomi are devout, conservative, evangelical Christians who are raising their five children to have a love for Jesus and for God's word. They are in church every time the doors open. They also homeschool their children in order to give them a biblical worldview in all their studies. Naomi's parents are on the liberal side of the theological spectrum, believing in God, but also thinking the Bible is full of errors. They tend to be outspoken about the narrowness of Max and Naomi's beliefs, causing many heated arguments over the dinner table on holidays. Furthermore, these grandparents also feel an obligation to correct the errors they think their grandchildren have adopted in their schooling, especially concerning scientific and social issues. Max and Naomi are concerned that two of their boys are moving away from their theological views because of this grandparent influence. They are considering not allowing their boys to spend any more time alone with their grandparents. Here again, we have a potential family rift that will cost you the all-important time with your grandchildren. It is always a challenge when you find your adult children operating from a different worldview than your own. And it is perfectly normal that you would want to influence your grandchildren to follow your theological beliefs. If and when your grandchildren discover that their parents and their grandparents have significant theological differences, they will be in a very difficult spot. If they love and respect all of you, who has the right belief system? If you believe it is your Christian responsibility to convert your grandchildren to your theological stance, then you will also find yourself at great odds with your adult children. Will it be worth it? Since it is the souls of your grandchildren that are at stake, it is reasonable to say that it is. But how will you accomplish that goal in a loving, gracious way? Much prayer and trust in the mighty power of the Holy Spirit is the most important work. Be wise and discerning on how to discipline your grandchildren in ways that are in opposition to their parents' wishes. And then a final challenging scenario, grandparents who are abusive in their discipline. Oliver and Patty have three young children, two bookend boys with a girl in between. Their children have always loved going to grandma's house because there was so much to do out in the country. Patty has always known that her mother was a tough woman, but never thought of her as abusive. Lately, Oliver and Patty have heard reports that are troubling. On one occasion, Grandma got extremely upset, slapping one of the boys so hard that his mouth started to bleed. Another time, she yelled and cursed at all the kids for their rambunctious behavior. It has gotten so bad that the children don't want to go to Grandma's house anymore. When confronted, Patty's mom claims that she is not disciplining any different than she has done all her life. If she is harsh sometimes with the children, they must deserve it. It is normal for our adult children to want to trust their parents with their children, even when it comes to disciplinable situations. But if they begin to suspect that you are too harsh and unloving and even abusive, they may be quick to lose faith. Depending on your age and the ages of your grandchildren, it may be tempting to be quick to anger and less tolerant than you should be. Examine your own heart and behavior to see if you are actually sinning against your grandchildren. 
any abuse from people that love them the most will be scarring for years to come. You don't want your children to make excuses for behavior or rationalize it yourself. The only way to solve this sort of scenario is through repentance and biblical change. Your grandchildren need you to train and disciple them, not unlovingly punish and condemn them. Grow in grace for how you discipline your grandchildren. If that is impossible, then be honest with your adult children that you cannot handle all the poor behavior. Well, in conclusion, if your adult children gave an honest evaluation of how well you have done in your overall parenting responsibilities toward them, what score would they give you? An A for effort? A barely passing score? A superior rating? How they think about you as parents will go a long way to shape how they relate to you as grandparents of their children. Will they give you their enduring trust when it comes to disciplining, teaching, and training their children? Or will they be soberly realistic of your abilities and limitations? Or worse, will they come to believe you will do harm to your children or lead them astray? Whatever the case, it is your responsibility to demonstrate that you are ready and willing to help in the overall training and discipline of your grandchildren. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, Please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.